0: Welcome to the Tips and Salsa
1: podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Dwayne Coles, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vanney Hello, Redlands teachers
2: and staff. Thank you for joining us for the first Tips and Salsa episode of 2020. Woo! Happy, New Year, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm here today with our tech coaches, Nicole. Hello. Caleb. Hello. And Jen. Hello. So, in today's episode, we want to turn the spotlight on our colleagues, actually for us, down the parking lot. Yeah. um, In tech services. Um, But before we get into that, we have to talk a little bit about today's chips and salsa. Mm. Oh, I am so excited to talk about today's chips and
1: salsa. So, today we are sampling Bobby Salazar's. Medium salsa. Who dat? Exactly. Who dat? (laughs) We, um, this was a new brand for us. Never heard of him. So we did some Googling. He was a
2: pitcher for the Dodgers in the 80s.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope. nope.
3: Um, Wrong
2: boat. Wait, where's the buzzer? Sorry.
1: (laughs) Um, He actually uh, owns six... Restaurants in the Fresno area, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a family run business, and there's six yeah. different.
3: Bobby, if you're listening, delish. We approve. Nicely
4: done, Bobby. Yeah, chips um, and salsa approved.
1: So normally we sit with a bowl, maybe two bowls, <laughs> and you know we share. Um, but I am enjoying this salsa so much. I poured my own bowl, That's and I'm good. not sharing. That's good. And when I leave today, I am going to <laughs> I think what Vaughn's to pick up some. For myself. Yes. <laughs> it's that good. How about the chips?
4: What kind of chips are we enjoying
1: today? The chips are Juanitas tortilla chips, and they are also very good. It makes a wonderful combination.
4: Yeah. yeah. Any you, special features of these chips today? Yeah. They're they're gluten-free. That's amazing. <laughs>
2: Your salsa is too. Oh, oh, my goodness. We should probably hurry because we're almost out. Yeah. <laughs> So as Jamie mentioned
4: in today's episode, we kind of want to turn a spotlight on all of our colleagues, really across the parking lot uh, from us in the Technology Services uh, Department, uh, and all the fantastic work that they do. Um, they're kind of, I think, the unsung <coughs> heroes of the department of the uh, the district from time to time because technology is so important for all operations here within Redlands Unified now, and they work kind of tirelessly, but mostly behind the scenes and and unseen by most students and teachers, um, and really without all of their hard work. Work, without everything that they contribute, um, none of what what we do would really be possible. Um, Jamie, I know sometimes there's some confusion from teachers out there in terms of um, instructional technology and then tech services. Can you help kind of illustrate the difference between how our two departments work?
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny because we're both IT, <laughs> uh-huh. and sometimes I find myself saying I'm in the <laughs> IT department, which is actually true. We're in the instructional technology mm-hmm. department. They're the informational technology department, so... What comes before the instruction, though, is the computer's on, online, working, and and, um, I mean, honestly, none of what we do could even happen unless the IT department, like Caleb said, behind the scenes, has everything up, running, and spinning. So um, we really are dependent Mm -hmm. upon each other. Um, It's kind of like... um, you know, you've got the car working now. It's functioning. It's driving. You roll it out, and now you got to teach them how to ride it yep. you know, or how to absolutely, drive it. So no. it's it, it goes both ways. So um, and before we begin, I just want to just say how how thankful I am for those guys and um, absolutely. And how I think we have a uniquely amazing relationship between our two departments. Um, you know hearing from other d- districts and you know so forth it's it's not like what we have so again kudos to dave and his team and so we really appreciate that
4: yeah i think they really provide a lot of the the backbone that um you know we just assume things are going to work we walk into the classroom we assume all the the devices are going to work and the internet's going to be up and functioning and i'm going to be able to get to all the websites i need to and um, aries gradebook is going to be up and accessible and all of that and Um, Really that stuff doesn't happen automatically. It's a a team of people working to make sure that we have really reliable um, resources and services all the time. So um, as Jamie mentioned what we do would not even be possible without them handling the the devices and the network and the infrastructure um, and all of that behind the scenes that allows Um, teachers to do fantastic 21st century learning in their classrooms with the devices and the technology every single day. Right.
3: And a lot of times it's working tirelessly because they do realize how much we rely on it now. The, the importance of, you know, you can't even take attendance if some of that stuff's not working. And they know that. So, um, they, they take that seriously and they take it to heart and, um, You know, you don't always see them, but we know that they're there and and they do amazing things for us. So we appreciate that. And the, the man in charge of all of that is their director, David Massaro. And we actually started out with an interview with him to hear a little bit about his department. So let's take a listen to that conversation.
4: All right, so our special guest today is the uh, Director of Tech Services, Dave Massaro, is here. Um, And Dave, I was wondering if you could start off by kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your job here in the district.
0: Sure. Well, um, I've been with the district now. This is my, um, I think it's my 17th year. Um, Prior to coming here, I held a variety of positions in technology from uh, just a technician in the field, a field tech, uh, to a team lead. Uh, I was a regional manager for a while and actually a vice president of professional services for one of the organizations I worked for. Uh, and then I came here. This opportunity opened up, um, and I love it. Uh, it's a great place to work. We have a good team, and I think everybody likes what we do and appreciate that. Um, as far as my educational background goes, I have a lot of technical certifications. Most of those are from years ago, but in my, my opinion, they're still accurate, you still, still current. And then I have my bachelor's U- and master's from University of Redlands.
4: Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, your previous background prior to coming to the district, was it all in education tech or, or uh, different industries?
0: Uh, as far as the technology, I've been working with technology since about 1994. Prior to that, I worked for a defense contractor, but uh, I serviced uh, educational customers, oh, nice. but I didn't. Uh, it, was, it was more of a field consultant or security consultant I didn't really work for, uh, you know, in-house sort of uh, as part of the internal team. I was always the consulting team. Okay. So, Excellent. Yeah.
4: And in terms of your job now, what are, or what are kind of some of the biggest things that you do and oversee and work on uh, for the district?
0: Yeah. So um, it's, number one is trying to keep up and keep abreast of technology. It's a, it's a, it's especially these days, the generation of uh, time from one major technology uh, system to another. It seems to be getting shorter and shorter. So you have to spend a fair amount of time reading and uh, keeping up to date. Um, then we have to also consider what kind of technology we're using in the classrooms, right? Because the latest and greatest is not always what we use in the classroom. So what's really applicable? Um, and then what's also really important is is thinking about standards, right? We don't want to have Fifty-two different type, fifty-seven different types of systems, mm-hmm. because then your total cost of ownership goes up. So we need to have standards in mind so that the team can focus and become proficient. You know, on a subset of all the different uh, varieties of, of technology and systems that are out there. It's also very important to make sure that the team has the tools that they need. Right? How? What do I need to do as a as a manager? To what environment do I need to create? What tools do I need to give them? Give them to be successful. Because if they're successful, obviously the district's successful, and then I'm successful. So that's very important. So it's creating that environment uh, for them to really excel. And uh, and then it's just uh, supporting all the other little needs, you know, the other duties as assigned. Yeah. Being there for different staff or administrators. And just uh, it's really a, a supporting role is what I do. Awesome. Okay. Thank yeah. you.
1: Um, so you've been with Redlands, you know, um, RUSD, for 17 years. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and your department has grown a yes. lot uh, recently. So my question to you is: How is IT different today than it was yeah. just even five years ago?
0: Yeah. Well, um, the environment, uh, from the perspective of security, malware, and security, mm-hmm. is really if you I mean that's what you read about on the paper all the times, right? That's that's what the big concern is. So it's how do we keep our systems safe? How do we keep them operational? How do we keep them functional? Well, at the same rate making them accessible, right? Making sure we have the right technology that's accessible, not locked down to the point where you get frustrated and you, and you, I can't do that. They, you know, technology is a roadblock. We never want that to happen. So it's really the environment from a security perspective that has really changed. uh, And, uh, um, and also, like I said earlier, the fast pace of technology it's it's getting faster and faster. the the life cycle is becoming shorter and shorter. So you really have to you really have to uh, keep your skills current and uh, to, to to stay relevant, and um, and that kind of drives my philosophy on a technician or an, an engineer. Um, they have to love learning. You really have to mm-hmm. love learning because yeah. if you don't love learning, learning if you don't like like working with the technology this is not the right field for you. This isn't the type of thing where you go to school, you learn a trade or you learn a skill and you now do it for 20 years. This is a constantly changing environment and more recently than the past, it's changing faster and faster. And also a big thing today is the distributed environment, right? We not only have computers on our system or technology within our system, it's in the cloud now. More and more of it is in the cloud. So that is a challenge to some organizations because My data is out in the cloud, how am I keeping it secure? How is that organization keeping my data safe? How do I know they're not sharing it? So it's understanding what's going on in your own local environment and also understanding what cloud vendors you can work with because that is where the data is going.
4: I I think that's almost kind of a perfect segue into the next question that we had for you, um, which is you talked a bit about how it's different today than it was five years ago, um, but things are going to keep changing and evolving and moving forward. So in what ways do you kind of envision IT and that industry and that sector being different five years from now? Where do you think things
0: are are headed? Yes. So I really think, this is my opinion, that the idea of having your own local area network with your own devices and your own servers, that is gonna radically change. We can Mm -hmm. see it now with moving to the cloud. I see a point in time where you're not gonna have a wired network. You're gonna be on 5G or 6G. You're gonna be connecting to the network, the internet, the internet with your device. it may not even be a uh, company or district issue device, it might be your personal device. The, the, what I see is the applications in the cloud are going to be where um, the technology exists. The end user device is a commodity at that point. Mm-hmm. And so what I see for people, this is where I think the uh, folks that are young in this field, what they need to look at is security, application security. Cloud-based application development, that's where I really see the future. I, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a certain amount of probably certain things you might have locally, but I think on down the road, it's all going to be hosted in the cloud, and then you're going to get there not through your own wired network. I believe you're going to get there through a wired a wireless system, whether it's, a, like I said, like a cellular system or who knows what other mechanism we'll yeah. have. It's hard yeah. to look to in the future. But that's where I really think it's going. It's, And I think those those skills, security, application development, keeping that, because you still need to keep the data secure, right? Yeah. Right. And if it's in the cloud, that's even a bit more of a challenge. So understanding that, I think, is key.
4: Yeah, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you answered the question that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I had an extra one in my head um, that popped up while you were speaking, and you answered it, which is um, security. When you were talking security, you're talking about personal data. Yeah. Okay, you know. Right. Um, what's one thing you wish every employee in the district knew about tech services?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one is that uh, we enjoy uh, being successful in helping the individuals. Being successful with helping individuals to be successful. We mm-hmm. get a kick out of solving problems, right? Uh, I know we may, people may think a technology services says we can't do that. We don't like to say no. We really don't like to say no. We, what we really get a kick out is solving problems for the end user and allowing them to use the technology. And so we get a kick out of of, of them being successful and learning, uh, how to use it, or being able to use the technology and solving a problem. So yes. that is truly what we like to do. And I tell my guys this too. I tell my team this: you have to get a kick out of solving problems and helping other people to be successful because that's what we do, yeah. right? We are supporting what's going on in the organization. So if if I wish people under, I know, probably a good number of people understand that, but some some don't. So yeah. that that is our focus: is to is to help you to be successful.
1: And some problems you get often. And some problems might be new, and that type of a problem uh, requires more time to think about the solution.
0: That's right. And then sometimes, too, you know, depending on the skills or the interest of the end user that we're assisting, you know, can we, you have to think about it. Can we help that person um, solve their own problems in the future, Mm -hmm. right? Can we give them a little bit of training? And if we can, then that's great because now they've learned something, and uh, they can be, it can be their own best friend and at the same rate lighten the load on us. But that's that's really what we like to do is, is to help everybody be successful.
4: That's such a great mantra. It could almost be like the department shirt, you know what I mean? Like we want to help people solve problems yep. and do so responsibly and safely and, you know, be the safeguard for all of that stuff, all yes. those key things. Right. Um, thank you so much for, okay. for joining us for this. Um, it was really awesome to get an insight into what you do and to all the different ways that, that kind of tech services works mostly in the background where, yep. where we don't see it um, but to really allow everybody to do amazing things in the district.
0: Good. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate talking, uh, talking with you folks and, and uh, giving, the other, giving the folks out there an opportunity, a little better, a little bit of understanding on what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Thank you.
1: Perfect. Thanks.
0: Alright, I think it's time for the
4: lightning round. We're going to put I'm Dave ready. Massaro on the clock. Uh, this is going to be 60 seconds to answer as many rapid-fire questions as possible. Um, Jen, I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. You ready to go? I'm ready to
2: go. Dave, right. are you ready? I'm ready. All right. On your
4: mark, get set, go.
1: Mild, medium, or hot salsa?
0: Mild. Okay,
1: me too. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about lettuce?
0: I love lettuce. <gasps> oh! Especially if it's on a burger. Okay, oh but we need a numerical response.
1: Oh, yeah. One through
0: ten. Oh, uh, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give eight, nine. Awesome, awesome. Um,
1: Okay, so in October, we have the chili cook-off. Who in Instructional attack makes the best chili?
0: I think it's Caleb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Uh, Favorite hobby?
0: My favorite hobby. Uh, I'm going to have to say listening to music.
1: Nice. Um, Any favorite bands?
0: Um... I really like uh, vocalists. Um, if I had a favorite band, I like Frank Sinatra really Ooh, well.
5: Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. Um, I, I I like uh, Dean Martin. Love Dean Martin. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, I like I like I like vocalists really.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you watch sports?
0: I'm not a big sports fan.
1: Okay. Uh, do you prefer talking or texting? Talking. And in your opinion, what's I the best age? I can't I can't text very well. <laughs> what in your opinion, what's the best age?
0: The best age for what? In life. Oh. I'm going to say three. Three years old. Uh. I loved it when my kids were three. Yeah,
1: Ooh. nicely done. <laughs> very nice, very nice.
2: Thank you so much for joining us for this yeah. session. So you got a, uh, had a chance to hear from Dave Massaro. And um, again, like, like Caleb was saying, these guys are so behind the scenes. But what, what many of you may not know is that Dave is so respected in the tech world right not just mm-hmm. in here in redlands or in the county but throughout the state and i've had a, an awesome opportunity to travel with dave on a couple state conferences um, and he is really well known and respected throughout the state so we're Our very lucky starter. to have him yep. yeah very lucky to have him we, we respect him and his team greatly and um he's kind of the yin and yang to what we do right yeah um and it's so important to have um People who are pushing forward, excited about th- these yep. things, but also somebody who's considering student safety and the and the integrity yep. of our Absolutely. our district network at right. the same time. Right. So, um, love working with Dave and uh, respect him greatly.
4: And really dedicated, kind of to that mission, and yeah. um, you know keeps that in the forefront of his mind. How do we make sure that we've got a reliable? Network and infrastructure uh, for the organization, but also something that's safe and secure and and protects redlands. Um, It's so crucial to have some of that, right? Right?
3: I mean, we as staff members are all being protected as well with the educational pieces that he puts out and the Mm -hmm. information that's telling us, you know don't click on these things. This is what a phishing scam is. So I think that that's just as important. It's not just for the students. It's for us as well. Right.
4: right. And and one of the things that we don't see a lot of the time is Ed Law is changing all the time, especially right. as it relates to, to student and employee privacy, um, especially as it relates to uh, districts' responsibility to protect all of that data. And Dave and his his whole team do a really nice job keeping um, up with all of that and staying current and making sure residences is in a good position. Agreed. Um, another fantastic person over there in tech services that I think most of our listeners probably don't know personally, but may have heard his name or, you know, received an email from him or something like that, um, is Alex Sabota. Um, Alex serves as the technology services supervisor over in tech services. We got a chance to sit down with Alex as well, talk a little bit about his background, um, talk a little bit about uh, his perspective. And one of the things we asked him to do was to also provide a bit of an overview of the tech services department because... As a classroom teacher, you probably know your site tech and what they do, and that's kind of like the front line of defense, but there's a whole team of other professionals that work down here at the district office in that room uh, that are specialists and and are really good in different domains that kind of keep everything humming along that, uh, you know, we don't don't see them most of the time. They're not out at sites, they don't know their face with that kind of stuff, but they're indispensable to all this.
3: All right, so I'm going to get started with um, asking Alex to give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into the field of technology and what exactly you do as your job position in the district.
5: Well, the story of how I got involved into educational technology is um, as a student, uh, my dad was the principal, and this was in a tiny, tiny desert town called Trona, uh, which you may know. Shout as... out to Trona! Oh, shout <laughs> out to Trona in the house. <laughs> And uh, you may know that uh, as where that earthquake was this past summer. So oh, I that's, have heard That's that. where yes, that is. got mm-hmm. it. And uh, it's still San Bernardino County. And frequently technicians would have to come uh, from SBCSS and make the drive all the way out there oh, wow. uh, to work on things. And so my dad said he didn't like calling them. They didn't like coming. So I would get pulled out of class to kind of shadow them and, and see exactly what it was uh, they were doing. So I started working uh, part-time there. As soon as I got a work permit, I went to school at UC Riverside, and then I um, joined RUSD in 2011. Uh, So this is my ninth academic year in the district. Got it. Um, I've been a technician at 10 school sites. Wow, I (laughs) did not know that. This was in the days where schools had to wait two weeks uh, for their one tech visit. Uh, for the entire campus. Right. I remember
3: those days. Yes. (laughs) Less
5: devices out there, but uh, yeah, it it was difficult. And then um, after being a tech, I came to the district office to uh, help orchestrate the uh, initial SBAC cart deployments. And uh, technologically, that was really not a complicated project. It was simply getting laptops from point A to B, getting the software and settings on them. But boy, did I ever learn a lot about right. logistics, operations, and most valuable how do you get results when you have no authority over the other parties involved? <laughs> so I would say that is did the Did you most... figure that out? Yeah, that, do you that's have tips like the million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the tips, there's not really a one sentence answer to it. The tip is contradictory, and that's if you can get two folks who disagree on something. And they both pull you aside and say, well, I don't really understand their position, but you and me, Alex, we get it. If they're both doing that, then and you you can be comfortable in that spot, it's easy to move things uh, forward. Nice. That's kind of
3: the sweet spot for you to be in. Yeah. Got it. So what do you think was the reason that your dad kind of tagged you to pull you in um I mean, were you you were self taught? I mean, he just said, "Hey, we need somebody to shadow these guys because we can't get them out here soon enough, or it's too far of a drive for them." I mean, were you interested in technology already?
5: Uh, I was interested in technology. Uh, growing up, we always had a computer in the house. Mm. Uh, my first computer uh, was actually a uh, Mac Classic, the small cube. Right, mm. I right. I have many memories of that, uh, but I do remember <laughs> my Apple Two GS, and. Um, my brother, my favorite pastime with the Apple IIgs, was typing in completely juvenile phrases and making the computer say it. And we just thought that was so great. The coolest thing, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Many children still enjoy doing that to this day.
3: Absolutely. And we're encouraging it, as crazy enough as that sounds.
5: (laughs) Yes. So my start with technology has always been that um, the computer is something that is there to serve me. Like it is going to give me something, the ability to Perfect. Like um, that. manage a project, make a document, entertain me, uh, help create music. Uh, and the, the minute it is not serving me, uh, then I look for ways uh, that I could bring it to that point, either with additional software, or reconfiguring the hardware, or going to another platform. Nice. My go-to joke with uh, many uh, teachers and staff here at the district office, uh, when I arrive at their computer, uh, there are times when the problem suddenly uh, stopped happening. Right. And they say the classic, and, and all techs have heard this, well, it always works when you're here. <laughs> and, and really the only explanation I can think of is the computer knows that most end users will just get angry with it, they'll gesture at it, they'll say mean things to the computer. <laughs> Technicians, we will pick that thing up and throw it straight into a dumpster. <laughs>
3: So they know the threat. The yes. computer knows what you'll do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. They're afraid of you. Computers are afraid of you. That's what it is. Quite <laughs> <fight> the superpower. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I just thought you had a magic touch. That was my my theory on it. So thank you for sharing all of that. It's it's a very interesting background, and you've been involved in technology for a long time, so we're happy to have you here in our district and see all the things that you've brought to us already in in the time. I didn't realize that you had been at 10 sites as a technician, so that alone is a lot A lot of different places that you've touched, so we appreciate that.
4: Yeah, so Alex, my um, perspective when I was in the classroom is that tech services was largely that site tech that was at my school either every day or a couple of days a week, um, and and since coming into this position, you know, I always knew that there were other people that worked at the district office um, behind the scenes making things happen, but I didn't have an appreciation for the full um, kind of infrastructure of the department. So I was wondering, I'm I'm imagining most teachers are kind of in the same position I am and don't really understand the whole apparatus and how everything works. Um, I kind of figured you'd be the perfect person to help illuminate this for everybody. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of the tech services department?
5: Sure so as you mentioned there are the school site techs that is really the the outward facing um, aspect of the department and the ones that most staff and teachers uh, interact with. Uh, Here at the district office most staff probably interact uh, with the folks who have the job Uh, classification of computer tech, which is in a way sort of a a tier two um, technician. And then, uh, of course, we have the specialists who, uh, as you may guess, specialize in a certain (laughs) aspect or a slice of technology. (laughs) And... Why they're based here in the central location is not just so they're not uh, beholden to a certain school staff for the day, but here at the district office, it's very easy to be at all of the school campuses at once because of the way our network uh, topology and administration is laid out. The most efficient use of someone specializing in a piece of technology that's physically at every single campus uh, is to be based here uh, at the district office. Um, the school site technicians. When I was a tech, I believe there were uh, four or five of us, and now we're <laughs> up to nearly a dozen. Nice. Uh, just with the influx of devices, and uh, I can just say, going thinking back to twenty eleven, um, and also thinking back to twenty thirteen when S back cards were first arriving, uh, it's very rewarding today to see classrooms who when we showed up with that cart in the room, the teacher literally said, you, you, pointed at me. (laughs) You are gonna drive me into early retirement. (laughs) And- uh, It's all your fault, Alex. And I believed them. (laughs) (laughs) And now uh, I was in this classroom and the same person, I walk in, the document camera is already on, the laptop has something different than what's displayed uh, on the projector. The mm. teacher has an iPhone in their hand, and she was happy.
3: Right. <laughs> yes, and, progress.
5: And I thought, wow, what universe have I stepped into? Yeah. And I was thinking about all of the forms of support, both designated and undesignated, that helped bring her to that point. And so I know you all have a big um, part to play in how that happens for teachers. Uh, but it also got me thinking about what else was happening in that teacher's culture and lifestyle that brought her to that point and in a way i think that the parents of those students uh, should thank the children of the teacher for insisting that they get uh, an iphone and, mm-hmm. and realize that technology really is something that can serve uh, people that's its purpose and if someone uh, is resistant to technology because they're not confident if they get a taste of all the ways that technology makes it easier to communicate with family, to see photos of their grandkids, that creates just a radical shift in in culture that outweighs any technological strategy uh, that we as a department uh, could deploy.
3: That's Uh, a good point.
5: Yeah. So that culture, I really value the way um, our technicians out of necessity have had to learn not just new products and new ways to troubleshoot and repair things, but there's so many different avenues that technology arrives uh, at a classroom, from visiting vendors who plant seed units and pilot units, to things that uh, teachers get uh, funded by grants uh, through the office down here, uh, to even things that uh, teachers have discovered at home and want to incorporate into the classroom.
3: Right. We're seeing more and more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is a good thing, but it's also difficult, right? I mean, trying to keep up with all this change and I mean, technology is constantly changing and the world that we live in is, is affected by all of these changes that technology brings. Um, where do you see it going over the next several years? So where would, you know, looking forward, where would you see it going?
5: Looking forward, I think the industry overall of computing, um, both for schools and consumer electronics, I think we'll start to see uh, more of a divide between um, lesser powered devices and stronger specialized devices. And what I mean by that is, uh, I believe we're gonna start to really see the decline of that middle of the road, average family computer or laptop. It's sort of a known trend in the industry that as things become faster and powerful, they also become smaller. And many of those routine uh, paying bills, online banking, interacting with friends, social media can all be done uh, on a device as small as a phone or a tablet uh, with an interface that is much uh, friendlier than a typical desktop or laptop uh, computer for a home would have. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there is still expansion and increasing sales in specialized, powerful computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that here in the district where uh, the Chromebooks really rely on the strength of a web application. But at that very same campus, even just two doors down the hall, uh, Lab has just gotten some some very nice, very powerful uh, workstations for SolidWorks, for CAD CAM, modeling, right. animation, video. So. As uh, that demand for sort of a, what we thought of as the household computer uh, wanes, we'll see a demand for more uh, compact electronics, for even friendlier and intuitive interfaces. Uh, but we also see the need for very specialized workstations.
3: Right, yeah, You make that makes a good point. It's like we're seeing, like you said, in the labs and those types of things where they have uh, machines and devices that do very specific tasks as opposed to what we're using in our everyday lives. But it is all technology still and that's where all of those changes come and kind of building that culture like you said that it's not just you know using a computer but it's all of those other things communicating with each other um, creating music all of those pieces really tie in together Um, do you think that the um, stuff that we're using the devices that we have for our district will that be something that would be a dramatic change in the future for us
5: Probably not in terms of the actual metal and plastic in students' hands. Uh, In this district specifically, a good example is the uh, program we use for uh, recording students and for digital storytelling. Uh, That web application and service is called WeVideo. And that really is a fascinating application technologically because uh, Chromebooks, the processor and the internals of those would never be able to uh, record, edit, and render video right. at the speed that they do on Wii Video. Yep. Uh, and anyone involved with uh, an audio or video production knows that the files associated or the content you create with that is massive. You need so many external drives and tons of storage space just to even get uh, a few hours of, of footage. And uh, where Wii Video is really just so fascinating is the processing power is done by a bunch of servers and computers interlinked uh, in the cloud. I mean, they be maybe overseas, but the actual <laughs> heavy lifting is done uh, by computers in the cloud. I think about when I was in school, uh, we did have the internet, but it was more the content, the, the words, the images, the videos, those were right. posted on the web. And then going through college, uh, the trend to have Um, web applications like Microsoft Office inside your web browser happened. And still, that was more for convenience. Uh, But in the last few years, we've really seen a surge of computing power Mm -hmm. uh, that is utilized through the cloud. Um, So as far as what students physically have in their hand, I think that, again, that device will likely not change much. uh, But just the the power and the beauty and complexity of what they'll have access to right. uh, will only increase.
3: Right. Have you played around with WeVideo? Made any WeVideos <clears> <throat> yourself?
5: Uh, yes. A, uh, Ooh, you'll we'll have to share those. It's a secret. They're fun, general. right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It yeah. is a fun program to get into. It is. I was just
2: is.
4: curious. <laughs> All right, Alex, as we kind of um, wrap things up, we, we've got one final question for you. We're wondering, what is one thing that you wish every employee in the district knew about tech services?
5: Hmm. Every Just one. I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, over the last 10 years, uh, many disciplines and uh, positions in the district have changed radically. Uh, First thing that comes to mind is, of course, teaching. And of course, there are always new laws, procedures, and processes for, for doing things. Right. And another job that I think has changed radically compared to 2011 when I was hired uh, is the role of that school technician. Um, It is true that we have some automated systems and infrastructure to help streamline and optimize uh, those programs, but really the technicians, uh, I admire their flexibility and their grit in that they really are the bridge between a teacher uh, with a broken student device or a broken teaching device, and how exactly is that going to get fixed? And that is a big part of what my role is, is how do we broker the deals, not just for the repair, but for the purchase, uh, and really any interaction that extends beyond the tech and the teacher, or the tech um, just getting the parts and fixing it on the spot, When it involves contacting the manufacturer or when it involves contacting a colleague or a specialist at the district office, or when it involves looping in another department here at the district office, uh, that is a big part of what I do is optimize that interaction. So the thing I wish every employee in the district knew is not that that happened, but because it happened, it really proves that technicians want to help you they have had to learn so many different things Mm -hmm. in a very short period of time and that doesn't happen uh purely because of inherent skill and discipline it happens because they are motivated to help equip and empower teachers and employees in the district and so if uh you're a teacher or a staff member and you appreciate a tech, I would just ask that you include them in that appreciation. Absolutely include them in things that, uh, you know, that you think are unusual or if you have an annoyance about technology but your tech seems really busy, trust me, they can handle it. Uh, These folks are pros. Uh, But I just wish that you would include them uh, in the appreciation of them, not just as being part of a big department that is doing cool things and helping bring new devices in but just for them individually if even one teacher tells a technician uh, look I see you running around our campus and it's obvious you're working really hard and I just want to let you know I appreciate what you do for our school that will tide that tech over for six months (laughs) of chaos and new devices and complexities of the organization and interdepartmental interpersonal, uh, difficulties, just that one compliment will tide them over. And I know that, uh, because it happened to me.
3: Nice. I love that. And I, I wish that we could tell you how much we do appreciate you and, and hope that you realize that, um, your department in general, it's, we see it being down here and I have a better understanding now being out of the classroom and working with you guys as much as I do that. Um, I think one of the things that I got from that is it's, it's not whether or not you want to do it or can do it, but sometimes you have to go through all these proper channels. It's not just you. It's not just me going and saying, Hey, Alex, can we do this? You have to go through the channels as well. And, um, that's a part I think that has been a realization for me and realizing that there's, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, Alex isn't going to do it because he doesn't want to. There are other people that are involved and other decisions that have to be made and other, um, permissions that have to be given sometimes, depending Mm -hmm. on what you're asking. Yes, um, I
5: empathize with end users who intuitively know something is technologically possible, uh, but perhaps (laughs) it's not advisable, feasible, permissible, uh, given our environment and our our use of technology. So I I do acknowledge that there's sometimes that unease with a teacher feels like they're being told no, and it is just the decision of the technician um, there on site, Uh, deciding for them. And that is so, so rarely uh, the case. Um, But we as a department, we welcome folks questioning and asking, well, why can't we do this? Uh, I invite that discussion because um, the more that our staff in the district at large learns about technology and its operations, uh, the more that they can contribute their own insight and innovative ideas once they are aware of all the uh, pieces and aspects of technology and instruction. Yep. So well stated. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, guys.
3: Yeah, that was awesome. Again, everybody go out there and tell your technician. When they do something great, let them know. Let them know (laughs) that you're thankful for that because it it makes a difference. You heard it here first, and um, we, we have a great team. So we do appreciate all that you guys do for us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we all know what time it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Are we ready? Are you ready, Alex? That's the big question. I don't know. Okay, well get ready because
1: this is the <laughs> lightning round. Let's do it. Okay, minute on the clock, please.
4: You got it. On yeah. your mark, get set,
1: go. Mild, medium, or hot salsa? Hot. Ooh. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about banana muffins?
5: Three.
4: Oh. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll, I'll give it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had oh, I didn't know alive. there was one. <laughs> Early bird or night owl?
5: Uh, I'm an early bird.
1: Ooh. Favorite homie?
5: Uh Piano.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know nice. that you were a pianist. Okay, are you enjoying the current cool weather? Yes. Do you watch sports? No. Do you like to dance?
5: No.
4: Oh. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm you, not alone.
1: If you could meet anyone, living or dead, who would you meet?
5: Oh my goodness. Uh, I would actually like to meet Stephen King.
1: Nice. nice. Good choice. I watched the movie behind him two years ago. Okay, mm. um, what are you binge watching these days?
5: Uh, Not watching much. Uh, My girlfriend likes to watch coffee documentaries, wine documentaries, terrifying food documentaries, so mainly (laughs) those things.
3: Makes you not want to go out to eat.
1: Talking or texting?
5: Texting.
3: Ah, time's up! (laughs) Just in under the buzzer.
1: You can have the banana muffin if you want. (laughs) (laughs) But now we know some interesting things about you, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, all right. So, So to clarify Alex's position, he's a supervisor of the site techs. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, everything that those guys are doing, <clears throat> Alex is really sort of supervising, monitoring, moving around, and, yep. and making sure that the, <clears throat> the um, needs are met at the sites. But the thing about Alex is he's so good and smart with everything. Right. He kind of does yeah. everything. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I can say, um, personally, I've known Alex since 2008, where he was, he actually started as a site tech mm-hmm. yeah uh, and and we worked together more yeah. and um, I knew then that he wasn't, you know, just going to be from, doing yeah, that. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's, I, I'm really personally proud of him for working his way through the system and now that's he's it. actually in, in management as a supervisor. So good job, Alex. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap folks. Thanks again, Dave and Alex for um, joining us on this podcast and just want to, one more time, reiterate how, how thankful we are for you and all that you do yeah. um, for us and, and the relationship that we have with our two departments and what you do for our district behind the scenes. Um, we want to remind all of you out there in our USD land to keep the innovative ideas coming in your classrooms. And maybe, just maybe, one day we'll be knocking on your door as a guest to this award-winning podcast. Right? Yeah. 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 Thanks again for joining us today. This is RUSD EdTech. Signing off.
1: I took up some extra time because I'm so happy to find another person who rates lettuce as high as yeah. I do. I like <laughs> lettuce. Strong I love a lettuce.
0: salad. I love a burger with lettuce, you know, BLT. Awesome, awesome, yes. awesome. Yes, without the lettuce, it's missing something. They make some. fun
4: of me. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, lettuce has its, its place. It's yeah. good. As a standalone, like, entree, I'm not so sure. Some synonyms, some synonyms, yeah. some, synonym,
2: some synonyms, some synonyms. Ooh chim 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 <laughs> chim 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 quick right quick right quick right quick right
3: toy boat toy boat is that what we you're saying I
2: can't toy boat toy boat D- no <laughs> <laughs> quick say quick right five times real fast quick, quick, quick right quick, quick, quick,
1: quick, quick right quick right quick right quick right
4: quick right quick right quick right quick right
1: Click right, <laughs> Click right. <laughs> Your other right <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whoa, well, that's a wrap, yeah. folks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we ready? (coughs) Born ready. Let's do this.